Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised from this generation to the next and forevermore. We're getting ready to jump into this fourth episode of the series, Doomed to Repeat. And I think this kind of pulls out a little bit more about this whole thing about being doomed. Remember, we discussed before that doomed is to condemn to certain destruction or death, or likely to have an unfortunate or inescapable outcome, to be ill-fated. And we're talking about the children of Israel when they came from Egypt going to the Promised Land and some of the things that they fell into, and it became this habit. They, they just kept doing the things that kept getting them messed up. And this today is going to be one of those situations that I believe is one of the most centralized messages of, about this whole time of the children of Israel leaving the land of Egypt to go to the land that God had promised their fathers, their fathers' fathers, their grand, it had been a promise for a long time. And so, here, this is what we have. It says, God has given us opportunities to act in faith. And when we choose our own way instead of God's way, we're exposing our rebellion and distrust of God. Let me say that again. God will give us opportunities to act in faith. When we choose our own way instead of God's way, we are exposing our rebellion and distrust of God. The subtitle for episode number four is Decisions Have Results. Decisions Have Results. Now, as we have gone through the other episodes, our first episode was called The Beginnings. Our next episode was called Choices. The third episode was called The Proof is in the Test. And now we are here at Decisions Have Results. We're going to be in Numbers the 13th and the 14th chapter. It's the whole chapter, but I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to read certain sections, uh, but you could read it and just kind of get an understanding of what's going on. Before I start reading any of the scriptures, though, I want to give you a little situation of what's going on. So they finally get to the launching point to go into the promised land. They're there. God says, Moses, listen. You're here. I want you to go ahead and scout up the land so you can come up with your method by which you're going to take over the land that I've promised you. Moses calls for the leaders of the 12 tribes. So he calls for 12 men that represent each one of their tribes. Their tribes listen to the, these leaders. They have, these leaders have shown themselves. These are guys that everybody says this person represents our tribe. So he calls them together, he gives them the directions to go out into this land that God has given us and let us know whether the land is good or bad, whether the food is good or bad, whether the, uh, uh, when I say land, I mean the dirt, is it, is it good, will it grow, will just give us a feedback on what we are getting ready to walk into with the promise that God has given us. So they go out and they're gone for approximately 40 days and they're scouting out all the land that God has 
promised them and they looking around and they're seeing and they're taking notes and they're coming and he oh and Moses even said hey and if you do have opportunity grab some of the uh the fruit of the land so we can kind of see what kind of fruit it has there so they grabbed this bushel of grapes that is so abundant that they had to put it on a stick and two guys had to carry it because it's just so massive this bundle of grapes and so this is just awesome and as they're going back and they and they get back <clears throat> if we come down to the uh, chapter 13 verse number 26 and it says this and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land and they told him we came to the land to which you sent us it flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit however the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large and besides we saw the descendants of Anak there the Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan and so they come and they say, oh yeah, we have this fruit and everything. Oh, but some of, some of the big enemies are out there. And then it says in number, verse number 30, it says, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with them said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And so Caleb said, oh, wow, we could take this right now. Man, let's go ahead and knock it out. But the 10 others of the 12 said, oh, no, they're too much. They're too good. No, we can't do it. So they brought, they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land for which we have gone to spy out, is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great height and then we saw Nephilim the sons of Anak who came from Nephilim and we seen to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seen to them so they give this so then the other ten say oh man no we can't do it it's just awful man no no oh lord no we can't we can't we can't we can't do it we just, we just can't do it then in verse uh, chapter 14 verse number one it says then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night and all the people of israel grumbled against moses and aaron the whole congregation said to them would that we had died in the land of egypt or would we have died in this wilderness why is the lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword our wives and our little ones will become a prey would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jenupheth, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. 
a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then comes the craziest part of this whole situation. So, before I do that, let, let me just kind of... So, you got the, uh, Joseph, I mean, uh, Jacob and Caleb, they're like, hey... Look at this. This land is a good land. This is an exceeding great land. This is what the Lord has promised us. It don't care how they look like because we have the Lord on our side. We have the victory. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And then they said, don't, don't, don't go against what the Lord has told. The Lord told us this is a land. Don't try to change it to something else. The Lord has already told us this is our land. Then verse 10 of chapter 14 of Numbers says, Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. So now they, they're like, you guys are just trying to get us killed. And they grabbed stones and got ready to stone Aaron, Moses, Caleb, and Joshua. But then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And when the, when the glory would appear... They would all go to see what the Lord was getting ready to say. So they go. So the Lord says to Moses at the tent of meeting, he says, How long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs I have done among them? How long? I have made all these promises to them. I have done all these things for them. But how long are they going to feel that Egypt is better than what I have for them? And so God has made a decision. And uh, so God looks at it and says, as a result of Egypt's rebellion and their unbelief, they're going to suffer severe consequences. So the generation that came from Egypt got ready to go into the promised land. God prohibited them from even entering the promised land. They were doomed to continue to circle the desert for the next 40 years until they died. And then the next generation would have the opportunity to enter in. Isn't that, uh, I don't know if, if, if your area, if you had the things called a turnabout, but there's one in England that's this really big one. Turnabout is a, 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 a circular thing that's set up so that when you get inside, you go around it till you get to your exit, then you go out. But what you have to do is you go, you get on the inside, then you move to the outer side, then you go out your exit. Well, if you don't, if you try to stay, on, if you stay on the inner side, you're going to keep going around in circles and circles and circles and circles and circles and circles and circles. And so that's what the, this, this, the Egypt generation ended up just going around in circles. They heard the promise. They were the first ones to hear the promise. But they didn't allow it to go from their hearing to their understanding to their belief. So they heard it and they just wanted God to prove that it was going to happen. But they still didn't believe it. And so when it came time to do it, their unbelief in their heart 
started comp started over overwhelming their understanding so then they uh, spoke that this can't happen i'd rather go back to egypt i'd rather go back to being in bondage i'd rather go back to building the bricks i'd rather go back to getting beat by whips i'd rather go back to that than to believe that god's going to do what he said he's going to do and god said i'm just i'm, I'm tired of it i'm just tired of it <clears throat> and so then in verse number 11 and the lord spoke to number of uh, this is numbers 14 and 11 and the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I've done among them? I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for you have brought us this people in your might from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land, They that... They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face. And your cloud stands over them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill this people as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame will say, It is because the Lord was not able to bring the people into the land that he swore to give to them that he has killed them in the wilderness. And now, please, let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised, saying, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times have not obeyed my voice. Shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers and none of those who despise me shall see it. So God says, okay, check this out. All right. I'm just going to wipe, wipe them out. I'm just going to remove them. I'm, I'm. And then Moses said, well, Lord, if you do that, it will cause the other nations to believe that you were not able to do what you said that you could do. And God says, okay, so the ones that have walked in unbelief, these ten, as you can tell, God was counting these ten times. Ten times they, were walk, they showed unbelief that they did not have confidence in me. Those folks will not make it in. And so... What we have here is we had 10 men that showed the unbelief of the people. We had two men that showed the confidence of trusting that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And remember I said that they picked leaders that represented them. And so these folks were uh, just, ex these leaders were just expressing what the belief system of their tribes. And what, it, it just complicates this thing. It says that uh, when the spies came back with their mixed report about the promised land, it just added to their unbelief. I have found 
that when God promises you something, that it is not an easy thing to acquire. There are things that you have to show or you have to be confident that God is going to help you to achieve it so that it can happen. But it's not like God says, okay, you're going to get this, and then poof, it just happens. There's some process that you go through. There's some things that you have to overcome. There's some things that you have to um, prove to yourself and to others that you trust God above circumstances so that things can come to pass. But they did not, they were just like, we rather just go back to Egypt and just hang out with them. And God was just frustrated with these people that he has shown repeatedly how he would keep them, how he would watch over them. And I mean, think about it. Pharaoh is coming back to take you back to Egypt and God makes a way so that he can say, these Egyptians that you see today, you will not see anymore. And he opens up the seas and he causes you to walk across on dry ground. They try to come through behind you and he drowns all of them. He does all these things to show you that I'm on your side. I have your back. I got you. This is going to happen. You're going to the promised land because I have this covenant with your ancestors. And I want to make this covenant manifest in you all. But. They said, well, we here, but no, we ready to go back to Egypt. They're right on the edge of going into the promised land. God has brought them all the way here this far, and now they're like, nah, we just don't want to do it. <clears throat> there is a <laughs> there is a 90% accurate test to check a the health of a marriage. Okay? Uh, this test is the uh, ratio of positive to negative interactions have to be at least five to one. Five positive interactions to one negative. So five to one. Five positive interactions to one negative interaction. That is a healthy um, health of a marriage. So that means there's for every negative interaction, there are five positive ones in a healthy relationship. Although God's grace makes up for our weaknesses, God still cares about the words we say to him and about him. Our negative to positive ratio with God is important. When we grumble and complain against God, doubting his motives, his heart, or his plans, he takes it seriously. So just put a pin in that for a moment and think about when you are talking about God, are you showing five positive interactions compared to the one negative interaction? And the positive interaction, I mean the negative interaction is, God, I don't, I don't see how you're going to do it. I don't, God, I, I, I don't know. The positive is, God, I'm so glad that you're going to make this happen. I'm trusting in you. I'm believing in you. So how is your ratio 
do you, are you having a health, healthy relationship with God? And not only are you having a healthy relationship with God, are you having a healthy relationship with the folks that are around you that you can see? Are you having a healthy relationship? We talk about at God's house, we talk about speaking life, speaking those positive things into other people. Because there's so much negativity. There's oh, excuse me. There's so much excuse me. There's so much negativity going around. If you can speak five words of life to somebody, you can bring health to them. You can bring encouragement to them. You can empower them to go forward by speaking healthy, life-giving words to them. And we can practice on speaking life-giving, healthy words to our Father, knowing that we have some concerns, we have some, but... Even though I'm not sure, I still trust you. I still believe that you can do it. I still believe that you've called me, that you can use me for your glory. God, just uh, I'm just going to keep saying this positive because I realize that as I continue to speak positive, it changes how my mind or my understanding locks in. It helps to increase my belief. And as I'm hearing myself speak positive, it causes this cycle of belief to continue to raise in my life. So God just got tired of them talking negative. You didn't want to be around them. Every time I try to help you, you just, you just want to be negative. And so then we're going to drop down to the... Drop down to this, and it, it is so funny. So Moses leaves. We're going to drop down to the 39th verse, but I just got to tell you this part. So Moses get, comes out to the tent of meeting, and he says, All right, this is what God said. He said, Because y'all didn't believe, y'all don't get to see the promised land. And we're going to have to stay in this desert until all y'all die. And then your next generation gets to go into the promised land. But y'all, y'all not getting to go. So then he dropped down. Let's look at verse num num number 39. Numbers 14, 39 says, When Moses told these words to all the people, the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning and went up to the heights of the hill country, saying, Here we are. We will go up to the place that the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. Now, that, let, let, let me, let me, let me, mm, no, I'm, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and go through this. Then I do. He says, but Moses said, why are you transgressing the command of the Lord when that will not succeed? Do not go up, for the Lord is not among you, lest you be struck down before your enemies. For there the Amalekites and the Canaanites are facing you, and you shall fall by the sword because you are turned back from following the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country. Although neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed out of the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who, Canaanites who lived in that, country, that hill country came down and defeated them and pursued them even to Hormah. So they got, they were, so they got upset. They were just like, oh man. But their tears, this is the thing. They were not repentant. They, they were not repentant. 
They were not trying to turn. They were just sorry for the consequence of their choice. That's why decisions have results. You make this decision, there is a result that's coming from your decision. But they didn't even want to own up to that. So they decided that, okay, we're just going to go ahead and take the land that the Lord promised us. And so they come together and decide to go into the land that the Lord has promised them so that they can defeat the folks. But let's rewind back to what they had declared about the people that they were going against. They said, we just like little grasshoppers to these people, grasshoppers before, before these people. We can't overcome them. We can't defeat them. But they forgot that they said that. But now they're ready to go fight because now they realize they don't get to go into the promised land. So let's go try to take it on in our own, in our own self. And so now they are trying to do it within themselves, which shows even further how unbelieving that they were. So here's what happens. It says, uh, my note says, their rebellious hearts were still the problem because evident when they decide to go up to battle, but now, against the Lord's direction, God said, y'all not going into the promised land. Oh, yes, we are. And they decided to go in the promised land themselves. And God had told them to go previously. But they had missed the opportunity to do so in his way and in his time. So the window for obedience has closed. Then they were devastatingly defeated because they were still being disobedient in their heart's attitude. They, they were so, even when God says don't go, they say, well, we're going to go because you said this was our problem. But he said, you missed out on that. God offers us grace, but there are still consequences for missed opportunities to obey God. We cannot try to use God's grace as an excuse to do what we want. That's just perverting the meaning of grace. God does not take rebellion lightly. If God says to go and you say, I ain't going, that's rebellion. If God says to stay and you go, that is rebellion. And so we try to, or they try to say, well, you said this is our promised land, so we're going to go take it. But they missed the window of opportunity. We do not want to be in the same doomed to repeat cycle that we miss opportunities with God. Part of our faith is moving into what we do not see, trusting that God sees and has prepared the way for us. That reveals how we have moved from hearing to understanding to believing. We heard God say, we understand as much as we can of it, but then we move that understanding into our hearts where we say, I believe God no matter how limited my understanding is. And because I believe God, I'm going to do it. But the way we can tell that you have not made the connection between your understanding and your belief 
and be, and realizing that your belief covers whatever part of your understanding that is not complete is how you conduct yourself. Because they did not believe, totally believe that God was going to do for them what he said. They heard the Amalekites and all this other stuff was in the land. So they said, well, we can't do it <coughs> because of that. And God says, you can't go. And so then they decide to go. I'm not going to ask you how many, how many of us have known people like that. They have heard, you know, hey, you need to go do this. And they said, well, I'm not doing that. They see somebody else go do it, and the other person, you know, gets a benefit or something from it. Then they try to go do it, and then they mess it all up. Because it's all about the timing. It's all about what we call the window of opportunity. Even God has windows of opportunity. So my encouragement for you today is, when God gives you the opportunity, trust Him totally. Do not have to go back into the wilderness and continue to circle around and around and around and around for a long period of time, a whole generation of time, because you didn't trust him. And what even add insult to injury is the fact that God says, okay, you can go. They decide not to go. God says, okay, because you don't want to go. You need to go back into the wilderness. They said, no, we're going to go. And But then when they try to go, everything that they said was going to happen to them happens to them. And they still did not repent to God and say, God, you're right. You're wrong. Forgive us. None of that happened. They tried to prove to God that they knew better than him. And so, trust God. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will direct your path. He will keep you. He will watch over you. Because God says, I watch over my word to perform it. He says, my word does not return to me without fulfilling that what I have sent it out to do. So let us realize that decisions have results. When we say, yes, Lord, there's a result. When we say, no, Lord, there is a result. Now, another thing, uh, another way we could say that, good decisions, or I should say, uh, decisions have benefits and decisions have consequences. I just use the word result. But if you do it God's way, it's going to be beneficial. If you go contrary to God's way, it's going to have consequences. So let us be the ones that are walking in the benefit of God. Being those folks that he have called out of darkness into the marvelous light, that we can walk in the power of his kingdom. That we can be representatives of who he is in the earth. And that it will draw others to him that we may build up his kingdom. Next week we're going to jump in, continue on on this series. And I'm telling you, it's, I'm not going to give too much away. I'm not giving any away. 
just check us out next week. I'm telling you, it is going to be a blessing to your life. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day. You've probably been fighting against it. You've been hearing things about uh, God working in your life, and you've probably been going the other way, and, and, and it's just causing you a lot of trepidation, causing you a lot of pressure, a lot of things are just not going right. I'm telling you that if you accept Christ in your life, that things will change. Things will be different. That you will be able to overcome some things that are going on into your life because of your confidence in God. And it's not a hard thing to do. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Saved means to be rescued, means to be uh, delivered from. And what are you delivered from? You're delivered from the penalty of sin. And as you are working, uh, as, after you have been delivered from the penalty of sin, God helps you to overcome the power of sin in your life. And we want you to have a life that is abundant based upon how the creator of you designed your abundant life to be. So if you have made the decision today to accept Christ into your life, please let us know. You can contact us at info at godshousecc.com. We will get back with you and provide you with information to help you to go on in this path that God has for you to travel. This is not a Lone Ranger type of situation. This is a unified collection, a village, a kingdom mentality that we help one another to achieve all that God has for us. And we would love to assist you along your journey. Well, we want to thank you again for being a part of this message, Doomed to Repeat, Part 4, Decisions Have Results. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you, in Jesus' name.